27. Um, first of all, I just want to say it was so great to get so much feedback from the last episode. We were, sorry, um, I'm wrestling with Sebastian as well. <laughs> yeah, it was great to, um, to get so much feedback because we kind of thought it was going to be a little bit of a Marmite episode, but actually it seemed overwhelmingly positive and I think it was really just a bit of therapy for me with my broken hand because I was I, in a I bad mood. You, I have to say to you, Katie, um, it, I think that more than anything, there was a lot. There was a lot of issues we unpacked for you that day. <laughs> I can imagine that like, you were a much nicer person to live with. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I don't know actually. I don't know if I'd go that far. Probably a bit nicer. Um, <laughs> there was a lot going on. There was a lot. Um, but actually, do you know? We got a lot of um, sort of messages. Yeah, and, you know, got a lot. Yeah. But then I actually got a few that were probably a little bit deeper than even like I thought where they had said that it was really, they put actually a few people had said, please, can we never get our shit together? Because, <laughs> and I want to, <laughs> as I'm saying this, Seb is trying to rip the headphones from my ears. Yeah. Um, so I think that's hugely unlikely that either of us are ever going to It's gonna never going to happen, is yeah. it? It's never going to happen. We're never going to get our shit together. And quite frankly, the, the likelihood of two people who live as chaotically as we both do coming together to do a podcast. I do feel the universe kind of had a bit of a joke with everybody when that happened. <laughs> yeah, but we uh, don't worry, they're never going to get any shit got together here. No, in fact, yeah. we were meant to record tonight and we set a time to record and then I said to Katie, can we just set it back 15 minutes because I've, I've got like the biggest mountain of laundry ever and I want to like tackle it. And also I stink. I went to the shower today, yeah? And I've been in the gym and everything and I thought, oh, I, I was like, oh, I'm going to have a shower before we record. Nah, it's not going to happen. It's a good job you lot can't smell me because I smell quite I realised at one o'clock today that I hadn't brushed my teeth yet and was like, oh, quick brush them but, but I, you know all hygiene is quite important you don't want to lose your teeth um, <laughs> <laughs> there's absolutely no danger of it all coming together at all so don't worry about that people we're okay yeah absolutely none um but I mean yeah so I, I actually got some more serious messages like from people that had said you know they were actually being really affected by that kind of shiny everyone's perfect everyone's such a good rider their horses never do anything wrong they look so good in a pair of breeches and a crop top and they were like it's really affected my self-worth and I feel yeah. like you know why do I want to put stuff on Instagram who's going to want to just see me like yeah and so if we like if we've kind of made people feel a little bit better about that and and I also think like you know maybe brought something to the brand where it's like what about being a bit different what about thinking outside yeah. the box like Absolutely. it's lazy kind oh, of just doing what everyone else does lazy. it really is I was thinking about this and I thought it's gonna happen there's gonna be a brand that's gonna take a bit of a leap of faith they're gonna they're gonna do something a bit different and I think when they do it's gonna pay off so massively yeah them. I agree and and I'm just waiting for that brand to yeah do it. I don't know what to be brave how or what it's gonna be but it's it is gonna happen because the messages I was getting was the tide is turning. People are bored yeah. and they they can see through it now. Yeah, they can exactly. see through it a million a million times. They can see that, you know, this isn't how people live. Um I think because there's been people such as the lovely Cobby 
Cobby Chronicles and people like that who have who put out a lot of real life stuff. I think I think that's why people are realizing now that this shiny Instagram 10, 10% discount code pissing in the wind, which I think is one of the best lines that's ever come from this podcast. Um you know it, it's, it's changing and it's changing constantly and um yeah and I just think I think there's going to be a big turn and I'm really looking yeah. forward to it personally I can't wait I think everyone is from the sounds of it, everyone Mix is. it up yeah. oh, let shit go down let's see what happens yeah. Instagram what's the worst that can happen yeah so I mean yeah so I just I just wanted to say that like in case it that was how you were feeling like we've had a lot of messages where other people are feeling exactly the same you know so I just I thought that was really nice to hear back yeah. from from so many people oh um, lovely I love I love I love getting messages from people who have listened in and, and you know they, they they put their input into it and it was just like I said after last week it was just brilliant yeah it was brilliant I loved it so yeah if we hopefully do that again <laughs> yeah um and then so we're going to move on to news I don't have that much oh actually no i don't either well we've got a fool i haven't got much news apart from the fact that i got a message excuse me look what's arrived and i was gutted because it wasn't a mule car honestly i knew carla was going to be heartbroken when i saw that fool i was like i know a person who's not going to be happy about this i I mean i was happy it's a beautiful (laughs) but it would have been cuter and more beautiful had it had massive ears and been half a donkey Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a mule. He is a he. He, he is. He is he. He's not a mule. Um, and I am. I was because I just, I just, I, I created this scenario in my head that I was taking your mule events in, and <laughs> and um, it's come crashing down now, around you. Um, because he's a very cute foal. He is cute. He is. And um, I said because he's not a mule, you should name him mule. Which you were not impressed with. <laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, I've come up with nothing better myself. Like, well, he's, it doesn't matter what you name him, Katie. I'm going to always call him Mule. Of so course. You, I mean, you, I would expect you can call else. him the best name in the world. <laughs> um, but he is, he's Mule to you. <laughs> he's always going to be Mule, unless I think of something better. <laughs> so, um, actually, so, yeah, I'm going to well, do a little. Apart from the fact you woke up, walk, and can we just say that you actually just walked in in the morning and she popped out this fold overnight. Yeah, she was in the field. She was in the field. Yeah. Like, honestly. So we've been checking it. The vet told us like, what to check for. Because we're obviously not like, you know, we're not set up for falls. So the vet was like, you know, about a week before, like, you know, she'll start to look like this. She didn't. Like, she didn't. And then we looked at it, funnily enough, the day before. And we said, oh, she's maybe starting to get a little bit more, like, milk but I mean not like she wasn't properly bagged up or anything like um sorry two seconds oh do you think he's he's like wrestling me yeah go see daddy um right what was oh yeah um yeah so we'd been checking it and like there was hardly anything to see and then Ben Ben was driving out to work and just looked and was like shit and it was lashing it down with rain so we had to drag her in this is all before school it was complete carnage oh my god yeah and then what we got the vet to girl check them. What oh, i know she girl. just cracked on actually she's been a bit annoying since then though I'd, I'd say she's a bit of a reluctant mother 
Uh, I think she's a little bit kind of like us in that, like, I don't know if she she rides or something, you know, but I feel like she's got another hobby. So, like, she she likes it enough. <laughs> yeah, I feel on a vibe with her. Yeah, but I feel like her mind often is elsewhere. Like, a couple of yeah. times, you know, we've had to be like, try not to stand on him. Um, and when he wants to feed, she'll be a bit like, ah, oh, I was actually going to watch EastEnders. So, like, if you could maybe come back in half an hour, that would be good for me. Do you know what her problem is? She is also pissed off that he's not a mule. Probably. She's given that... birth to him and, like, been, like, quite good. And then she's like, shit, actually, that's actually a proper horse, not a mule. Yeah, nah, huge disappointment. Yeah. Huge disappointment all around. Although he has got, I do think it's cute. He's got one black ear and one white ear. <gasps> Me that too, I love that. Together, oh. So sweet. Um, but I mean, actually, so I was going to do a little bit of a shout out for um, just anybody that knows what this might be. Um, so because Truffle really take or leave the fall, Belinda happened to catch sight of the fall and just lost her mind completely like so yeah so Belle I would say is um she's she's got masculine energy right okay (laughs) so like when we've been to shows and things like people have said to me in the past you know can you keep your stallion away from my men I'm like it's a man (laughs) 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 she's like rude (laughs) um I, I kind of I feel I feel like it obviously I do all my weight training and I do look when I put a bit of lipstick on I look like a man in drag so I feel like perhaps me and Belle are one and the same <laughs> well she does a lot of like this sort of whinny like <laughs> you know like a proper like stallion like yeah yeah I'm gonna jump you um she does that at shows which she did that when she saw the fall she I wasn't expecting it she shot off out to let go she started to like run up and down like the back the barn, yeah. at which point Truffle was a, put her ears back in a sort of like oh go on God I'm gonna have one. to protect this foal now exactly like just go away will you I'm yeah. I've got hay and I'm busy yeah I've got this fucking thing I've got to look after yeah and oh. Belinda was like insistent she was like oh. <laughs> so then Truffle was like right come on go at the back of the barn you go on you nothing but trouble to me um. And just stood kind of like, well, we're at the back. What's the worst that can happen? I was honestly thinking she's going to like come up the gate. Yeah. Mm. Like she is. It took the two of us to catch her and get her away from him. Oh, my God. I, I, and Ben was like, what, what's she doing? And I was like, I don't know. Like she's had full, like a fall herself. And I was like, does she think it's her fault? Yeah. Like, maybe that's what it is. Maybe she recognises that Truffle's a shit mother and thinks she could do a better job. Well, again, that could be a possibility. How bizarre. Aren't horses weird? So weird. Like strange creatures, aren't they? Yeah, like I've had I've never seen anything. I've never seen Belle in that much of a state. Yeah, like really? Yeah. Bloody weird animals. I know. Well, so so that's just that bit of news. Yeah, and, and I'm riding again. I, I wasn't riding oh. last time, I don't think, was I? Um, yeah, you were going to get on the next day. We knew what yeah. was going to happen. I didn't go to the show. Um, oh, okay. Thank God I didn't, actually. Um, I didn't go because um, Ben was like, look, things have been going really well. Like, is it worth you not being able to control them and, like, knocking your confidence or their confidence? And I did see the merit in that. 
And actually, since I started writing, no, we did you? Go absolutely Go not. That's the last <laughs> thing I need. His head exactly. is enormous. Um, yeah. Um, since I was like, what, what the fuck? They'd have been away with me. Like, uh, it's just, yeah. it's not that strong. Like, I canted pan for the first time today. So, I've, and I held my reins in like what hand this? Like this, this finger, um, okay. m- like middle. Yeah. Um, where you'd hold like a second rein, which is fine because I often ride with two reins. So that like that doesn't feel that weird to me. But prior to today, I was holding it in this finger. <laughs> like how I've, does yeah. oh my god. Like my first one, which Between was the first very and second finger, guys. We do forget <laughs> sometimes when we're actually doing a podcast and you can't see <laughs> we're pointing at things. Between her first and second finger. That was weird. So like, like if, if she was flicking the V's at you. She yeah. had the rain between them. Which would have really spoiled my flick in the V's. Yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't be able to do a Harvey <laughs> Smith, would you? No. If you're holding the reins. But anyway, you're back in the saddle. You didn't go yes. to the show. Um, no. Took the sensible option. And it's good to know. Um, yeah, so what about you? Do you know what? I've done absolutely nothing. So I was going to take both boys to more shows and, and um, have lessons and stuff. Uh, and then, basically, I part of my job is training student radiographers, and this is a really, really busy time with them. Um, I'm doing a lot of assessing, a lot of marking, um, so I'm basically flat out. And then I'm trying to fit my shifts in around it because I have to fit them in so that I've got the maximum time with the students. And previously, I would just be like, no, I've got to fit it all in, I've got to carry on, hence part of the reason why... I probably had to leave the uh, podcast before because that's my mentality, which is I've got to go flat out. I've got to squeeze it all in. I must go still go to the show. I can't let work impinge on what I want to do. And then I sat down one night and I was getting, I could feel myself getting really stressed. And I said, you know what? You don't actually have to go to a show. You don't actually have to go to a, a training session with the horse, but you do have to do your work. You've got, yeah. you, you, know, you have to go to work. You've got to do that. So do you know what? Does it really matter if for a couple of weeks the horses just took over for a couple of weeks again? I thought, do you know what? I've actually been really sensible there. The world isn't going to end if I don't go to a show. Doesn't it, it does... surprise you when you make when a, a sensible like decision? That, do you know what? The world won't end. But you know what? The world would end if I lost my job. <laughs> the yeah. world would end <laughs> if, like, the house went into complete squalor. And, you know, I've got a commitment now to this podcast. And I was like, if I'm burnt out and I can't do the podcast, you know, that's that's shit as well. Yeah. So actually, I kind of did pros and cons. And I thought, you know what? Graham's hard. I'm not in any rush to get out eventing. I'm not in any rush to do anything. A couple of easy weeks for the horses. Yeah. So they've just been hacking. I've set up a little schooling field. I've been doing loads of pole work in there. And I've actually just really, really enjoyed them. And sometimes yeah. you need to, I think one of the things is taking a step back like that. I think, would I have enjoyed my two weeks, as my these two weeks as much if I've been trying to do that along with trying to um, do everything I've got at work? No, I probably would have gone to a show and it all would have gone to shit. And then I would have been like, I'm the worst rider in the world. But this yeah. way I can now, you know, as of tomorrow, I've got one more really, really busy day. And then the students all finish. And I've, I've got a bit more time. So actually, yeah. I've done something really sensible. Don't tell anybody. 
spill all the things. I know they'll be expecting it all the time for me to be sensible. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it all the time. It's just one off. But yeah, like I totally agree. You know, like it's it's that personality, isn't it? It's like where I was kind of like, I I need to push myself. I need to go to this show. Like if there is any physical way I can get to that show. Yeah. Like if I can hold the reins of my teeth, that is what I need to do. Yeah. And it's like, why? I know. For what? I'm not I'm not trying to qualify for anything. I mean, if I was trying to qualify for something or get absolutely, you know, get your head down and see what you can do, get up at five and ride and do whatever. I'm not trying to qualify for anything at the moment. I'm actually just wanting to enjoy my horses and I'm not going to enjoy them if it's the whole time I'm rising. I'm like, oh my god, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, I should be doing that. So you know what? It's all good. So we've had We're not getting our shit together, are we? Because people don't want to fuck off. No. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not getting my shit together. I just am basically prioritising some shit a little bit. But you know, normal chaotic service will be. Ret- to be fair, um, I mean, it's still been utter chaos around here. I, w- I woke up. What day? What day did I get up? And I went out. It was at the weekend. And I went. And I made a cup of coffee and I walked through the kitchen into like the dining area. And I looked out the window and all three of my horses just walked past the window and down the track. <laughs> And they were going for a hack out the back on the airfield. <laughs> You're busy, like, so we'll like just do a little bit of fitness. Well, out, mum, out. We'll take ourselves for a hack <laughs> in a line, like there were some fucking trekking centre. And the thing is, you know, like that moment when you just, I just watched them for a little bit. I was just drinking my coffee. And then I was like, fuck, that's like, <laughs> they're mine. doing that. <laughs> so I was like, oh, God, now we got to catch these horses. So anyway, we. we Oscar came to help me. He was being really dramatic about it. Oscar, come and help me catch these horses. So we went out. We had, took some carrots and stuff, and we caught that the old boy Chancer. And I said to Oscar, "Just take Chance. I'll, I'll catch these other two. And Oscar didn't understand that if he took Chance too far away, the other two would gallop after him. Um, so he then said, "His life flashed before his eyes because he was trying to lift his old horse." Luckily, Chance didn't do anything, but um, Vince and Jazz kept galloping past, like like skimming past. And he's like, "Shit, I'm gonna die! You're not gonna die! They're not! They're not gonna hit It's you. hard, isn't it? Because like when you're a horsey person, that's just like it's a set. It's just life, isn't it? Like just what and they if, do. Yeah, and if people are a bit like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die," I'm like. Yeah, but actually, when you're asking someone to hold on to a horse while two other enormous horses come tearing past, yeah, exactly. Like when you break it down, they're far more sensible than we are to, to think of that as a high risk situation. Whereas we're like, absolutely don't take that as a high risk situation. You'll be fine, you'll be fine. Big, so, big um, Jesse. <laughs> and then uh, yeah it was so that was that was a little bit of amusingness but yeah other than that it's, it's it's all been very quiet down here at um the old mayhem towers and it's been it's been lovely it's been really really nice i'm not i'm not going to complain i'm not going to feel bad for not doing things and going 100 miles an hour i'm just going to just chill enjoy yeah yeah all right well can i just say actually katie yeah. i know i've said i've been really quiet but i have actually got some very busy time coming up and in okay. fact, when these guys hear this podcast, <gasps> I know I'll what you're going to say. <laughs> I'm going to see Harry Styles on Thursday. And I swear to God, I've never been so excited about anything in my life. I don't even think I was this excited about my wedding day. 
I don't. I genuinely probably don't. not lead with that to your husband after it. You no, know? he don't. I would. I would. I'd probably have told him that actually. <laughs> it just comes out this shit. What it, are you going to wear? I, honestly, I can't wait. I'm so excited. What are um, you going to wear? Have oh, you got I've a got sign? I'm basically wearing um like a little crop top that looks like a just basically like a bra. I don't care. I mean, there is a danger that my tits might fall out, but if it's going to happen. Do it for the Harry Styles concert is the best place for it to happen. Yeah, I'm, I've, I mean, I'd be okay. Crop top, nipple yeah. out. You will have a ten percent code in no time. Oh my god, that's just that is crying out for an influencer, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know what you're going to influence, but for sure, there's going to be cues. To be fair, there people want to be careful because it's going to. I'm in a very busy part of the stadium. And I've got my I've got my nip pierced, my nipples pierced. So like I'll have someone buy out. Fuck it. I, I, I cannot even imagine the pain of that. That has literally just made me want to weep. I had like <laughs> I tell you what, when she pierced the second one, I nearly wept. Did Ooh. you did you do them like at I the same time? No, no. <laughs> I appreciate that. Like, did you do one then two? Like I did them both the... at the same time. Fuck. I'll tell you now, right? This is a little public service announcement for you all. I did the first. She did the first one. I And it was painful. Okay, it really hurt. I was like, oh, that really hurt. And she went, oh, she went, yeah, the second one does pinch. I thought, pinch? Pinch? <laughs> pinch? I mean, this is a pinch, right? Yeah. What did to my second nipple was not a pinch. What did you have against your second nipple? Honestly. <laughs> It was nearly a react, like a reaction, you know, like like a yeah. reflex reaction, like fight her off. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Honestly, it was so painful, so painful. Like legitimately, I feel a little bit sick. <laughs> <laughs> they look nice. They look nice. They got little diamonds on them now. I mean, I'm not taking that away from you. I'm sure. I won't show you. I won't show you. I mean, I'm sure they're lovely, but I, I don't. I, I just like. That has rendered me about speechless. I can't even imagine the pain of having it someone really stick painful. it through it my really nipple. Painful. But, you know. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. And, I, <laughs> you know, who doesn't want little Demontes on the nips? Who doesn't? Well, you obviously don't. I mean, stick on. His face. Oh, like, genuinely. It, it, yeah, like, I, honestly, I, I, hats off to you. Hats well, off. Thanks. <laughs> I'm 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 glad I'm glad I've got your seal of approval for it. Word to the wise guys. If you're gonna do it, stick at one. That's an almond cream for that one. Yeah. I think she needs to go out for a bit of fresh air. I swear I need a little sit down in in a dark room. I can't you can see her face, it's an absolute picture. Because I feel like if you did one, you would need to forget, you know, like if you yeah. had one child and then someone was like, okay, crap yeah. on, like, like, I'd be like, no, but then you'd I forget. I think that, and I, I think that would have, the only problem is, see, if I'd had just one done, because uh, it makes, it makes them quite, a, this is very weird conversation, but it does make them, um, <laughs> it makes them go erect all the time. So I would have looked like I was smuggling a peanut on that side. I would have had to give the other mm. one a flick to catch up. So mm. you just get it done in one go. A flick, a pinch, like what, what's the difference? The thing is, I feel like you know, like when people have got like those allergy wristbands. Yeah. I feel like I should get one sent under no circumstances they take out my nipple rings. I don't yeah, care. Absolutely. I don't care if I have to go for an MRI scan or whatever or whatever. Don't because I'm not getting them redone. 
I, I, so oh, can, if you take them out, how long can they be out for? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not even. But you're not prepared to find out. No, I'm not. I'm yeah, not. I'm, that's that's an experiment. I'm not prepared to do for you. I'm sorry. I can't risk it. <laughs> so you know, like you know, allergies, penicillin, and I'll nipples like, being nipple I'll be rings. Like, under being no removed. circumstances, remove my nipple rings. Yeah. No way. Don't do it to me. <laughs> so that was a tangent I wasn't expecting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god talk about Bramham okay okay um that's totally thrown me um <laughs> so um yeah um Ian Stock talked about um fucking hell my mind's completely gone Ian Stock talked think of it's my nipples isn't yes it? Honestly, I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to segue your nipples with the situation with Bramham. How oh, do I segue this? Compart- you need to compartmentalise it. Okay. I have to say, for the first few minutes, we've touched on some stuff. <laughs> Surprise fall. Yes. Not being Belinda's masculine energy. Yeah, the fact that I look like a drag queen when I go out. I'm going to see Harry Styles. Nipple piercings. This is the quality content that people require. (laughs) (laughs) You get it all. (laughs) You don't get this from Echo Ratings, do you, eh? You you don't. Like, I mean, (laughs) the diversity we bring you, you know? (laughs) Um, Um... yeah, so Ian Stock, he, he put out um, a statement basically by saying that what happened at Bramham, which if you don't know, there was um, two horse fatalities and I think there was three riders um, that were hospitalised. Um, it might have been two. I think it was three. Anyway, um, and he said, um, you know, it really affected him, but that a lot of sort of the, the other riders had come up to him and said that, you know, they really enjoyed his courses and they didn't want his courses to change. And they thought that the course hadn't been at fault at all. And we were just quickly talking about it before we started to record. And like you said, you know, one of the horses, it actually wasn't over a jump where it had the injury. And the other one was a fence that was removed because I think there had been three significant like problems there yeah. prior. But he had just sort of said, you know, that he feels really strongly that he doesn't want the sport to be dumbed down Uh what he feels is that he wants there to be probably a more clear path to these top events and that he felt that you know the the riders and horses who were very prepared actually it was very manageable for them um but the the maybe less ready ones yeah it was evident you know yeah obviously sometimes it's just going to be fluky injuries and accidents and yeah that's, that's the sport absolutely not to take that away were the both the horse fatalities the difficult ones foreign i want to say foreign horse stroke riders as well i know one definitely was yes i think they were. it was one french and one american i believe so yeah, yeah. i think so yeah so whether that has a little bit of an impact because i remember looking at some pictures once i, I think it was in portugal and um it was on a forum that I used to be on and they were like, oh, these are the pictures from the course. And it looked like 
you know, quite a rustic, um, B90 at best, almost mm. 100 trialists, very rustic. And then it wasn't until we sort of pushed and we found out that this was the equivalent of their, what would be B novice, which would be going up to in- intermediate. Yeah. But this was it. This was in Portugal. So, we, you know, this is not to, you know, centre, but the standard of, we don't know what the standard of national competition is yeah abroad do we so whether that has a bit of a take i don't yeah. know but if they have received if they've got their mers their minimum entry requirements if they've got their and you know and they've qualified and they're eligible what do we do you can't make somebody going up to a four star have a riding assessment can you yeah. you know they they know their shit at that level because at national level now we've got this thing which is a caused a little bit of Fruck us when it was brought in, which was if you have two eliminations in the cross country, I think it's just cross country, and they're eliminations for faults on the course. So, not like if you miss a fence or if you fall yeah. off, if your horse is stopping or whatever. So, you have two of those consecutively, you have to drop down a level. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you, and then once, you, once you're okay again, you're allowed to move back up. And okay. obviously, at BE, they brought in the MERs. So, now you, Years ago, you used to go straight in at novice, then you could go straight in at B100. Now you have to get two clear cross countries at 90 and less than I want to say 16 jumping faults. Maybe should have looked that up, but anyway, um, yeah, so there's they, they are trying to make it safe, yeah. But like, I do totally understand what he's saying is at what point is the responsibility go to the rider, yeah? At what point, you know, years ago, I'm not going to name her. Um, but there was a girl, it wasn't years ago, wasn't it? it was that long ago. There was a girl who qualified for Burley. Okay, so she went to Burley and she got as far as fence four and she was lucky to get that far. Okay, yeah. then when they looked back through her qualifications, someone looked back at it, it had taken her some, something like 26 runs at four star to gain maybe not that many but she gained yeah. to gain the qualification to get that now with the greatest respect that I know for her it was obviously this dream to ride at Burley and I get that driving force but at what stage do you go do you know what I'm not doing so great at four star yeah. so why would I then make the jump to five star yeah and I um, think the thing is like if it's you that's fine if you've got a dream and you want to push yourself that's fine but the difference with our sport is we're forcing that onto another yeah like another thing and if we we have to be responsible and not let our dreams kind of you know overshadow an honest opinion yeah um and that's where like as well I think the people around you are so important you know to not be surrounded by like yes people you know like there's been a good few times, like I remember with Rue, um, I'd said to Carla, I definitely think I'm ready to step up to newcomers. And she said, you're not. It's mm. like, harsh. It's <laughs> harsh, but it's not what you want to hear. <laughs> no. Sometimes it's what you need to hear, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, because for him, I felt, well, he's jumping. He's yeah. jumping around like meter and meter five. It's fine. And she was like, it's more technical than newcomers. And you're just, you're not ready. Like, you'll crash. Yeah. yeah. Um, Absolutely. And and I think, you know, that's that's someone who cares enough to be like, let's fucking keep your front teeth. hundred um, percent. And you and that's the people you need to surround yourself with. The people, yes, that support you and they're gonna cheerlead you, but are also gonna say, Come on, mate. Mm-hmm. You're not ready. 
and that's actually a really brave thing to say to somebody yeah it, you know that that you know to actually say to somebody particularly when it's their dream to do it to actually turn yeah. around to them and go no I don't think you should um you know and I, I I've got absolute hats off to anyone that could do that we have um a riding instructor around here locally and I had a lesson with her because everyone was raving about her oh my god she's amazing she's brilliant she's fantastic and I thought I'm gonna give it a go you know and I came away and I thought she's not for me she's a hundred percent not for me the whole time I was being told how great I was doing mm. how wonderful it was she was getting me to do x y and z and even I as a uh, the shit rider I am could feel that whilst I was doing x y and z I was doing it badly yeah and she's like that's great that's great and I think if I'd said to her I'm going to go out next week and do whatever she would have gone I think you should do it yeah. because she wanted me to keep going back to her for lessons she was very positive very brilliant but to the detriment of actually being honest we've got to degree of honesty yeah we've got two trainers that straight away when you were saying that I was smiling because they came to my mind and I always say to Carla, such and such would have clapped at that. And she's yeah. like, oh, yeah, they would have. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want me to stand and clap or do you want me to tell you that your hands yeah. are shit? <laughs> I'm like, do you want to be clap. the best you can? Do <laughs> yeah. you want to be the best you can possibly can be? Or do you want smoke blowing up your ass for half an hour? Yeah. Because if you want smoke blowing up your ass for half an hour, go to that trainer. But if you want yeah. to be the best you can be for you and your horse's sake and safety, and stick with the trainer you've got that's going to be honest and go, nah, you're not ready for that level yet. But yeah. then, see, that's very well for us saying that, bobbing around at the lower levels, no disrespect to you. But, like, how does a trainer say that to someone that's jumping around three stars to go to four star or four star to go to five star? Do you know, I think you can, because Ben will say things like that to me. Like, and I think, it, you know, you, you've got to be, like, really honest. Like, he will say, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, say for the county, I desperately wanted to go at the county show. Yeah. And he was like, you're on a good run. If you can't hold those boys and you yeah. put them on a misser, like, Manny will go through it, but Pan will stop. Like, he will run out 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then your confidence might be back in the shit. And then, you know, you've wasted all that time and money. Like, he... And I, and I think... So it doesn't even have to be a trainer, does it? It can be just, like, someone who's like, ah, look... I know that you're qualified, but you have had 87 falls this season. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Do we want to do badminton off the back yeah. of 87 falls? Maybe no. not. I'm not saying, obviously, we're not saying that that's what happened like, no, to those it, two. No, they're just the scenar they're scenarios that we've got. I think for us, as um, grassroots riders, it's more relatable to think about it that way, I think. Yeah. To think about them, somebody not being ready for a level. Because that's what I've witnessed more than anything at the grassroots level, is somebody desperate to step up a level, absolutely desperate to do it, and then just not being ready. Um, mm. You know, the absolute, you know, wanting the kudos of competing BE so badly, they would be prepared to go out <clears throat> and just, you know, belly flop around to BE 80 or BE 90 because even though they're not ready now that again is no um disrespect to anybody at grassroots level some of the most beautiful riding i have ever witnessed when i offense judge has been at be 80 and be 90 level i has, i have witnessed some amazing riding and you've only got to look at the badminton uh grassroots yeah. championships 
it's those people that qualified for that and rode at that. Jesus, their riding was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, we, you know, when we talk about the grassroots level, I class myself very much as a grassroots rider. Yeah, same. The world's most mediocre eventer. I'm in no way saying that they aren't a good rider because, like I said, some of the most beautiful riding you see is at those levels. And But for me, I think it's more apparent, and I can talk more comfortably about someone not being ready to yeah. move up a level, thinking about that level. But three star, four star, five star, that's just fucking mental, that stuff. That's I think it's like a bit of a... There's a bit of a mentality with riding where, like, you have an aim and you just want to get there as fast as you can. Yeah. Even though you have no real aspiration to go past that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, if it takes you longer to get there, like, it doesn't actually matter because otherwise you'll probably just be sat. So say, like, for me, like, 130 is my, like, you know, uh-huh. that's my dream. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to jump bigger than that mm. because for me that it, it's harder there's not the classes around here you know the horses are more like expensive yeah. you know there's a million things that would yeah. me. so if it takes me 10 years to jump round one okay like who cares I mean I do feel like I've taken the pit slightly with mine taking my time to get there because it is taking me at this point probably about 30 odd years and I still haven't achieved it I mean, it's taking your time, in there? And then there's, like, the scenic It'll just room. mean more when you get there. Like, I got a message from someone who was kind of saying that she's really scared to step up. Um, I think it was from 70 to 80, yeah. uh, like, eventing. And and she was like, but I, I feel like I've got to not be a wuss and I've got to do it. And I was like, why? Wow. Like, yeah. do 70. Do 70 until you are so bored with the sight of 70 that you're like, let me at that 80. And then yeah. you're ready yeah. for 80. Yeah, 100%. like I've been jumping the same height for like the last four years now. Like, I mean, occasionally I've done like a bigger class, but then drop back down. Like, I yeah. am still at that height. Like, so what? My last show, I was I jumped down to an eighty. I jumped, you know, this is a horse that can skips over one ten. You know, he and I went down, went down to eighty because that was right for us at that point. Mm. And I'm not in any rush to drag him back up anywhere. You know, it's yeah. like you say that I think. I think I feel like we slate social media a lot, but I do feel like social media is a lot to blame yeah. for that because you don't want to put you doing that seven. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I, 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 I mean, Christ, I shared a video of me trotting around the forty centimeters from the Friday night. I actually do not care. Yeah. I don't care. That's one thing I think I'm able to separate quite well now, and but I do understand it for other people because. I have previously cared too yeah. much about what level I was at. Yeah, um, same. And, and yeah. There is a lot, because as soon as you, the conversation goes like this, two horse people meet, okay, two horse people, they go, oh, I've got horses, I've got horses. Oh, do you compete? Yeah, yeah, I compete. I event. What level are you at? If it, that conversation doesn't happen, every time two horse people meet, oh, I'd eat my hat, because I yeah. know that's what happens, because I've had it so many times. But kind of like bringing it back to, to the Brahman thing, that's exactly it isn't it it's like if you're competing at 100 and I'm competing at 80 does that mean that you're the better rider than me no because we don't know anything about the horses we don't know anything about like confidence you know there's a million things we don't know like the level means fuck all that exactly to sensible people the level means fuck all but when a horse people ever been sensible 
Otherwise, we wouldn't do the sport. Um, so I, I, it upset me a little bit hearing what Ian Stark said that he felt as um, a course builder this responsibility that he had we felt that he had you know he's he's good at his job he's brilliant at his job he builds these amazing courses that give people a real sense of achievement to to master them and I'm glad that people have defended him um, because I would hate for him to feel that you know I like I know I got the impression from him that he was having a real like wobble about you know did he want to continue and yeah, I was the same because he's he's ridden them, so like he's in such a good sort of place to, you know, ask himself, would I have jumped that? And he said that he always builds courses that he would have enjoyed to do himself. Yeah, and I think it's just always sad, isn't it, when you like see someone have a real wobble and when they're open about having that wobble. Yeah, and yeah. kind of you felt like he felt, you know, a sense of responsibility, which is good and I guess part of his job but at the same time it's hard it's a lot of weight on your shoulders isn't it yeah. Yeah, which I've never really thought about from from a course builder's point of view at all no I'm glad that he has had some support from that because yeah. you know and like you said he's very very correct we don't want the sports summing down and we've got to be really careful as well that every level you know he's he's talking about sort of four star oh we don't want to dumb down four star we don't want to dumb down five star I tell you what, we don't want to dumb down. We don't want to dumb down any of those levels beforehand because yeah. what will happen then is you get these people come through that think they're the fucking dog's dangly bits because they've had all these wonderful successes and then they hit a decently built, not dumbed down four-star course and it all goes to shit for them. Yeah. So if we're not going to dumb down the sport, we can't dumb down any level of it. So I think that was what he was very much saying, wasn't it, was that there needed to be, like, a clear more probably of a clear path like yeah you know it's no good if everyone else has gone soft and he doesn't yeah like there's been talk previously people have said things about because there can be such a variation in eventing on the cross-country courses in particular and there's been talk before previously about bringing in like um you know like a ski slope black blue runs and whatever yeah almost like that like a degree of difficulty within the level I get that, but then at the same time, if you're going to Badminton or Bram or somewhere, you know what you're getting. Like they're, they're going there probably because it's a bucket list. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking more about through at the lower level. So when you yeah, no, that would be happy. good. Yeah, because quite often on the forums, you'll get people go, "Where's there a nice hundred yeah. to step up yeah. to?" And um, you know, and I get that they want this nice, reassuring run for their first run at a level. I totally understand that. But then, what if someone has then got their MERs at these nice reassuring easy hundreds and then they yeah. go to like a proper stiff novice for their first novice run I mean Christ that that's scary as hell yeah I so, mean that happens definitely in show jumping up here yeah I would say like as an area we build very soft yeah and um, so when I used to jump just here like then I went down to my first show away and I was like what the fuck's yeah, yeah. going on here? Yeah. It was like I just stepped up like 50 classes. Do you know what I yeah. mean? I was like, what? You know, they were all like dressed. They was with flowers yeah. and like it wasn't just the height. It was like the whole thing. It's the whole, like, the whole ring. Yeah, yeah, whereas now because I mainly jumped away, 
yeah. it works quite nicely because when I jump at home I'm like oh I think I could this is nice I can I like this. around this <laughs> it's weird isn't it because within within a height of a fence there could be so many factors that yeah. make a course more difficult or not yeah you know like if I'm on a cross-country course with Vince and there is loads and loads and loads of technical skinny things off funny angles and stuff like that I'm laughing I'm like he is gonna love this which for a lot of riders would be their worst nightmare but yeah. give him a big bold trocaner in the middle of the field on his own and I probably ain't getting over it it's see and that's another thing isn't it from a course builder's point of view what's di- like and that's where yeah. it falls back on the riders like you can say look that course it's really meaty and big but will absolutely suit the yeah. style he likes yeah yeah exactly exactly like I've looked back at videos of stuff that he's done when he's went around novices and he's like, he's so agile and, and nimble for, and he, you know, he's quite a unit to be fair to the yeah. poor boy. And he's so agile and nimble and you can see him working stuff out as he comes into a fence. And it's almost like if you give him something too simple, he's working it out. He's going, nah, nah, there must have been, there's got to be a catch here. It can't yeah. just be that log. It can't just be that log I've got to jump. So for him, Almost like the galloping courses don't suit him quite as well as the um, the more technical ones. Which yeah. might have changed now. He's team chased, but um, so you know, it, it, so yeah. Well, what suits one horse won't suit another. Like I say, I mean, the courses that when I look at them and I think, oh, Vince is going to love this. For most riders, that would be their worst nightmare. They would class mm-hmm. that as a you know a, an upper level course. Whereas I drove all the way to Aston Le Walls because people were like, oh, it's a lovely novice. It's a lovely novice. I got as far as fence four. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't a Vince, it wasn't a Vince course. It, it, we had a shit day in general, but so it, it is like that. And, and like you say, it, the, that's when the responsibility falls back on the rider yeah. and their trainer. Yeah. I'm really allowed to say that. Sorry, trainers out there. Yeah, as if you don't do enough. saying that now, and they go, "Oh my God!" Now we get expected therapist, <laughs> dream crusher, <laughs> counselling us, and not only do they train us, they have to counsel us, and now we're expecting them to tell us when we're ready to step up a level too. <laughs> All right, so shall we move on to which was actually was, we've been on forty-seven minutes at this point. Um, our our main topic is um. Carla sent me uh, the video where Roz Cantor, look, she's all right, she can't cope. If you didn't cry of this, at this, your heart is made of stone. <laughs> um, made you, of stone. You, you tell us about it, it means a lot to you. Oh my God, I love this video so much. So I don't know anyone who saw it, that Roz Cantor had a very successful show at Bramman and was placed. And at the prize giving, she took a rosette and she ran across the arena and there was a spectator there, a young lady spectating, and Roz Cantor gave her her rosette, okay? And then other people realised what was going on then and started asking, getting photos and stuff. And she put the video up. The, so she, I don't think she'd realised it was being videoed and someone had sent it to her. And she put this gorgeous caption up saying, I've had the most brilliant week at Bramham, amazing owners, amazing owners. Um, and something about nobody deserved this rosette more or this wrote this young lady cheered for every single horse and rider over the week she deserves this rosette much more than me well quite frankly I was, <laughs> I was I, I'm not ashamed I cried I cried for a couple of reasons because number one it was just a beautiful lovely gesture yeah and it was 
it made me think that is why I'm in this sport. Those sort of people, Ros Cantor, being like that is why I'm, I keep pushing myself in this sport because it is, when it's like that, it's the best sport in the world. Yeah. Secondly, I did not come from a horsey family. Okay. And I would have been that young lady stood at the side cheering on my heroes. And for, can you imagine what it would have felt like for Ros Cantor, being who she is, giving you her rosette from Framham? And so yeah. I started it would, twofold. It would just mean so much, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so I said to Katie about this, I said, can you think of a moment? Because Katie, you're not from a horsey family either, are you? Not at all. Yeah. Can you think of a moment? Because I can think of two straight off where somebody did something for you similar to this, maybe not quite on the grander scale as what Ros did, that really made an impact on you. And you were like, yeah, I can. Did yeah, you? when you messaged me that and you had this, the idea for this show, I was like, I absolutely love it. Because as soon as you said that to me, like to, and, and I'll be honest, you know, we've had a lot um, sent in. We're not going to have time to go through them all. Um, but I was kind of like, mine are a bit shit compared to a lot of other people's. But you know what? Like it shows that actually sometimes it is just something that's really small. Yeah. So my mum, I think she was going out with this guy. I don't know. Um, God knows. Um, and his son had a pony on full livery mm-hmm. um, at this yard. And they took us up um, to go and see the pony. And I just, I didn't even get to ride it. I just got to like stroke it. And yeah. Like, honestly, I was absolutely over the moon with that. Like, like I remember that, going to the yard and being just so excited to actually be allowed to see and touch a pony, like me. So my second one, that's what my second one was. I was out one day walking with my family and there was a, a youngish girl riding her pony and oh, just being in the vicinity of a pony or a horse at that stage, I was like, can I stroke him please and she was like yeah of course you can and she stopped and she let me stroke this horse and she told me his neck and she was telling me all about him and she stood and she talked to me on her pony for ages and I was asking all these questions about what it's like keeping a pony and she answered me and I never found out her name because I wasn't interested in her I was only interested in a pony but I always think back to her about how kind she was like you say I'm just being at that age when particularly you're not horsey and you've not got a horsey family and I my family couldn't afford riding lessons being in the vicinity of a horse and someone just taking the kindness to let me stroke their horse oh my god see now this that brings me on to okay so I immediately remembered the two good memories and I also remembered something that I had guilt over which is crazy when I think about it but when when we talked about this straight away this came in my head and I was like fucking hell it's about 20 years ago would it be more? Yeah, it'd be more. It'd be like 25 years ago. Um, I forget how old I'm getting. So I was on a hack with my 13-2, who was, basic, was basically a miniature pancake, like in looks and temperament. So I often would hack him out and then I would get off him and lead him home because he used to bolt. Mm. Um, and so anyway, I'm hacking him out on my own this day. And this girl, who was obviously, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't be ever confident to push myself, like, and say, can I stroke your pony? I would be too shy. But anyway, this girl stopped, like, stopped, stopped me and it was asking me all about the pony and I was telling her and, you know, and then she was like, can you get off and let me have a ride? Well, no, that's a bit much now, isn't it? And I felt really guilty because I knew what it was like 
to be so desperate yeah. to ride yeah. a pony and it really yeah but that's a bit much it is and like it is unreasonable but at the same time like I I was really torn because I was like half of me was like I want to do that because I yeah, would have loved yeah, if yeah. someone did that and it would have been like out with Jill yeah life made and, yeah yeah and then Jill the person would never say absolutely fucking not you psychopath but the other half of me was like number one you're potentially going to steal my pony oh no number one was you're going to steal my pony oh okay number two was she was going to die yeah I mean okay. the lesser of the two evils okay. um but neither was ideal you know but no 100 percent um but yeah that's what that's and I was like wow I, I obviously felt so guilty yeah how weird it, yeah so good for that like now I think it weren't a stroke so was also one to actually fucking ride it totally but I think it was just that I em- empathized so yeah, much with yeah. just being so desperate and like even now like if ever like a little kid waves me I always will wave back yeah I just I remember do. like being that desperate to just yeah. touch a horse like yeah 100% I, I'm yeah. exactly the same I always um, do I always do and my other one was um when I was n- nine maybe a little bit older than nine I went to um I was taken by my my parents to a horse trials for the fir- first time ever so this is because people always ask me they go why did you decide to be- become an inventor why did I say call myself an inventor we use that term quite loosely and um, why what is it about eventing and this was my reason why then so I went and watched and I saw these brilliant people and I was just like I'm going to do this one day I'm going to do this which was a bold statement from a girl that at that point was having to beg people to stroke a horse so you know it was you know it took me a while but I did get eventing but anyway so I went home and um I went to the local tax shop and I asked them I said what do you know about eventing and they said oh we've got these leaflets here and at the time, there was a scheme run by Spillers, I will say. They were sponsored a scheme. And it was uh, linked to, this is how long ago it was. It was before British eventing. It was British Horse Trials, British Horse Society Horse Trials Group. And Spillers were sponsored something. So they had this leaflet and they gave it to me. And I went away. In the, at the bottom of this leaflet, there was an address for the British Horse Society Horse Trials Group. Because there was no internet then. This was a long time ago. I sat down and I wrote a letter to this group in pencil I mean I don't know why I wrote in pencil I was allowed to use a pen (laughs) um but I wrote it in pencil and I wrote uh, saying that I'd been to this um horse trials and I was nine and I didn't have a horse but I wanted to be an eventer and I wanted to vet more than anything in the world and could they help me in any way to become an eventer and I sent this little letter off and if you can imagine a, a, a big group like that they probably opened that letter and they probably all laughed about it and it should have gone oh, in the no, I think they looked like... But they didn't. Someone from that horse trials group wrote me, hand wrote me a letter back explaining how what eventing was, how you got into it, and then they gave me ideas of how I could get around horses. Helping mm. at a riding school, looking out and seeing people wanted to help with the horses. She said, I had a long time until I had to worry about becoming an eventer just to get as much experience as I could. Ask my parents if I could join the pony club. I didn't need a pony to join. I could do the. And she wrote, well, I, she, it was a woman. I can't remember the name now. It was a long time ago, like I said. But she wrote me this beautiful long letter 
and the kindness that that was. I slept yeah. with that letter under my pillow for nearly two years. And then we moved house and I lost it. But <laughs> don't know, stuff ruined the end of the story. I'm editing that out. <laughs> oh, okay. But can you imagine what it was like for me getting that letter back? Yeah. It was my Ros Cancer moment. It was one of the kindest things. And for me, that sealed the deal. That was said to me, that's why you want to be an inventor. Because again, it was just such a kind thing to do. It's nice, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, really nice. Yeah. My second one is is not that good. Um it was. So it was a lady, kind of a family friend, who actually came with us to choose. Actually, it's, it's about the same pony. It's about 13 too. Um, I've, I've talked about him on here before, I think. Um, remember, I talked about where we bought him because he had a nice eye, despite the fact he bolted across the field yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um, and this lady was the one who said he had a nice eye. Now, I feel in hindsight, with the benefit of hindsight, this may have come from a place of guilt. And if not... <laughs> fucking should have okay <laughs> <laughs> because I went to visit the lady I think I'd probably had the pony about a year at this point and she was like oh how's he getting on and I said um well I can't stop him I mean I don't know why I expected to be able to stop him because I couldn't stop him when I tried him out I don't know what I well, was he had, a, he had a nice eye his eye was really honestly couldn't have he could have modeled of it. He got up and down the road. <laughs> yeah beautiful um actually no he never showed the white of his eye so I feel like even when he bolted he was very calm about it because he practiced it so often you know there was no worry for him he's got a lovely eye even when he's bolted even when he's putting you in, in, in the, the path of a bus he's got a beautiful eye so I went to see her and she said you know how's he getting on I was like oh not good like I just can't I just can't stop him and she went into her garage and you know like I didn't have very much. And this garage was just like, you know, a horse's, a horse yeah. person's haven, just everything, you know. They'd obviously had a lot of ponies, like the daughter had invented to a good level and they'd kept everything, you know. And she like rifled through all this stuff and she came out, and this shows how long ago it was. She came out with a straight bar pelham and an old English grackle and she said, that will stop anything. There is nothing that can run through a pelham and a grackle. Um, I mean, I, the pony clearly was like, hold my I, beer. Uh, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I am running through that. Because actually, putting a really strong pony in a straight bar bit, he just I'm sat like, on it. And just... I, I, I was thinking that. Yeah. Really? It's like greased lightning. Yeah. Um, I think he, And I you had two reins to contend with as it's bolting. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah like it was it meant loads because it was just anybody trying to help and and I got these two fancy things you know and like it it just meant like so much um I think it it doesn't take a lot and actually no you know you really do remember like little things and so we just wanted to kind of talk about that because a little bit like the social media thing last time it's like it can be for the good or for the bad and actually we got I got this message you're gonna love this um and it made me think that because at first it was very much and actually it's kind of the way I worded it was it was more like childhood memories yeah but you know what like it doesn't have to be and we could we could be doing this for each other so this woman sent me a message um she said um it was everyday eventer on Instagram. 
And she said, not a memory from being a kid as we were poor and couldn't afford horses. Oh. But having decided to try and be an eventer in my 40s and documenting my journey on Instagram, I finally got a decent result and a fellow Insta person did this for me and it melted my old cold heart. So this girl sent this woman a rosette that she'd had personalised with the date of the comp- and the name of the competition. She sent her a handwritten note that the woman's screenshot and sent to me saying, everyone deserves a frilly for a top 10 finish. So here's yours. Well done. Love, oh. Kirsty and Perry. And I was like, it gave me goosebumps. Yeah, that and I, as well. And I said, did you know her outside of Instagram? She said, no. She just did it. Oh, she followed her journey. That. And I was like, that it was just so so kind like and yeah. it meant there so much there is a lot much. of kindness in the world isn't there and we, and we forget that sometimes I think and I think particularly after we were ranting last week about they're just trying to sell us stuff and then something like that happens and you're like it's not a shit place yeah. it's wonderful it's full of kindness and love and people looking out for each other and oh that's beautiful what a beautiful story I love I, that yeah I, honestly I was the same as you like I just loved it so much um, like some of the other ones, but we haven't got time to do them all. But um, go I've got a lot. Past. I've got a lot of um, autographs. Carolyn A A Casters A. Oh, Ka- yeah, Ka- yeah, A Casters. Yeah, yeah, she does. Her, hers was um, getting the autograph of the late Caroline Bradley. Oh. Um, and one from uh, Tales of a Buckskin, where she had asked Harvey Smith for his autograph, and he told her to bugger off. <laughs> Equestrian Pulse, um, she waved at Mary King and Mary King waved. Um, That's almost Mary... like a double thumbs up, do you remember, from Mark yeah. Todd? Mary King seems like a good egg. Her yeah. name, I think, often will come up. Um, yeah, she always takes time out, not like Harvey Smith. No. Um now? Oh, I don't know, actually. <laughs> we got um, Ellen Whitaker. Michael Duffy threw a puissance rosette to Caitlin Padgett. Oh. Um, Sophie Pettit, um, Tim Stockdale, again, he's a name that features a lot, was really, really kind and ushered um, her over to say hello to him. Um, Again, another Mary King, um, Elaine Mills' daughter was wearing the Mary King jewels top and she signed it and she said her daughter Emily was really lovely and was worried it was going to mark her trousers like the signature leanne tyerman guest um was told good morning um by blythe tate Um, and again um mary king oh mary king's groom was really kind to her when she was grooming at badminton that's pretty amazing groom at badminton yeah um my mary king story I've got a Mary King story. She is lovely. Everyone's got a Mary King story. Oh, no, I need a Mary King lovely. story. I went to uh, Smith's Lawn quite a, a couple of years ago, um, and all the pros go to Smith's Lawn because it's in the week. It's in Windsor Park. It's a beautiful, beautiful event, but it's because it's midweek. It's a very pro-heavy event, and I'd had to stay over with my two kids and my two dogs, and by that point, the actual eventing was very far down on my list because I thought I was going to go insane. And so we get to, I've told you this story about the game of shithead. 
Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So my kids were playing shithead. Which yeah. For people that might have only just started listening to the, the, the um, they invented a game in the Windsor Great Park, which they called shithead and it involved throwing shit at each other's heads. <laughs> Didn't take a genius to work it out. And they also took their shoes off and were just basically running, covered in shit, throwing shit with no shoes on. And I was walking and they were like running and Mary King sort of like pulled his face and I didn't know what to say. So I said, oh, I don't know who those children are. <laughs> I pretended I didn't know them. And she just, she just laughed. I think she knew they were mine because they do look a bit like me. Um, so, <laughs> I think one of them might have called me mum at one stage. So I yeah. gave the game away. But she was lovely. She was lovely. Yeah. So Mary, she is, she's, she is a good egg is Mary. This is another one about Tim Stockdale. Um, actually, this this girl's got um two. She got Daisy Smith said Ros Cantor's sister sent me a congratulations card when I won a big class that she had won the year before. That oh, meant a huge lovely. amount and started a lovely friendship. Tim Stockdale helped me think about how to ride a corner as he happened to overhear, and his groom helped me choose what studs. See that that also. There is a little bit. Tim's like, go and give him a hand because they're not going to beat me. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that 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 sort of thing is what makes the horsewood so great. Because we yeah. all know, because we were talking about this with William Fox Pitt when he said, "I just didn't want to make a fool of myself." Horses are the great leveler, aren't they? Yeah. So actually, a pro that's got that little bit of advice that can help you, them giving that to you is just like you say, it's so kind, it's so lovely. Because we've all been there, we've all been a little bit out of our depth. We've yeah. all had the shit times. They've had the shit times. So when they kind of get it, it's it means so much, doesn't it? Yeah, it and, really you know, does. These are heroes. Like, yeah, I, I do. I think it's so so important. Like for us, you know, to to make sure that we're always like giving other people a bit of time because yeah, it's a really mentally tough sport, and you yeah. sometimes just picking someone up like. It yeah. it will really make a big difference. Like, wait till you hear this one, Carla. You're gonna cry. Like, get Don't, ready to I'm cry. I'm quite emotional today. I'm I going know. to see Harry Styles in two days. Like this one. Oh, here we go. It's like Jill. I I'm actually a bit cross. This didn't happen to me. Um. So this is from Meredith Kessel, and she said, "My mum took myself and my siblings to watch a real horse trials when we were riding school kids with no money for a pony." I held a horse for a lady while she mounted because he wouldn't stand still and I was right there. She found me after her cross-country round and let me ride her horse round in a couple of small circles. Her bridle had two reins. Wow. And I'm sure my mum thought this fit, excited event horse was about to piss off with me and I would never be able to stop, but he didn't. And I still remember that ride over 20 years later. <gasps> I can't cope. But That's I, amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like you, said, you do remember it, don't you? I, I wouldn't ever inflict pancake or money upon anybody <laughs> who kindly offered. And I can imagine Bougie's going to be very much the same thing as I can't yeah. work out to stay on him currently. Um, but being oh, able but, to oh, do that for someone. I know. Like, can you imagine? Because oh at God, the end of the day, so if we lovely. ever went to watch a horse trials, that was what we kind of hoped was going to happen. Yes. She lived the dream. We all went. That's why we often used to wear our jumpers. Yes. In case that we're like, ready, oh, you I know. don't feel like doing this today. Do you want to do it for me? Oh, my God. She actually, she, the dream happened. So it did happen. 
it wasn't just an it wasn't just a fantasy you know I'm actually it wondering happens. if she's really called Jill to be honest um, that's the most that's one of the best stories ever that and everyday event has rosette I just can't I can't cope with it I'm an emotional on, wreck I've got another like one said, I'm seeing Harry Styles you got another one <laughs> I really like this one too. To yeah? Come on. <laughs> it's all it. listeners. They've all had very good experiences. I'm a bit cross, I haven't, to be honest. Um she said, I saw your post. Can early on my can early on be my first five star? Um, because I had one of my greatest moments of much needed kindness, one I'll never forget. I was at my first five star. Well, it was a four star back then, but that's confusing. Yeah. Um I was in the cross-country warm-up and they had a hold on course. So I was sitting and waiting um, to see how long it would likely be. And as I was sitting on my amazing darling horse, Fox, I was watching another rider warm up. She was an Olympian and she had been to the WEG. And I'm watching her jump this big skinny on an angle over and over again like it's nothing. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know if I can do that. Do I need to be able to do that? I mean, Fox is pretty honest, but now probably isn't the time to try and find out if I can't do that. But what if I do need to do that? <laughs> Maybe I should have thought about it. I should have been practicing this. Why did I not train four-star skinnies on the angle? I've jumped other skinnies on an angle, but that's a big angle. Now it's not the time to crash and burn. You get the drift. Next thing, this guy I don't know has ridden up to stand beside me and he must have been looking at my face because he suddenly said, you deserve to be here, you know. I looked over, only half hearing him and assuming that he was talking to someone else, someone less of a nobody than me. But no, he was looking at me. What? I said, still not sure if I had heard him or heard him right. You deserve to be here just as much as anyone else. You've worked just as hard as everyone else here and you're just as talented and you deserve to be here. I can't remember what I said. He may have said more than that. I'm not even sure. I was so shocked. And it shattered my previous train of thought that I was dumbstruck. And I still find it hard to believe it happened. That he single-handedly pulled me out of a death spiral of nerves and imposter syndrome by being kind. And I still tear up when I think about it. But you know what was even nicer? (laughs) I mean, that was absolutely incredible. And I said, oh, my God, I love that. I'm definitely going to use it. And she said, it was incredible. And my life's aspiration is to be that for someone when they need it. Exactly. Exactly. And that, exa- it is about yeah. paying it forward sometimes, isn't it? When someone's been really, really kind to you and it meant so much to you, pay it forward. And like she said, just being able to do that for someone else, that what a great feeling that would be. But I'm, yeah. I'm sure he didn't do it for a great feeling. He did it because he could see someone shitting themselves. Yeah. Oh, but that's a great story. Isn't I it like the fact that it was at a four star, four stroke five, you know, the highest level you can get? Yeah. So um, even at that level there, people are sh- showing kindness. It's not just about, you know, the patronising, if you will, letting someone stroke your pony. It's that. That's I know, and that was, I think that was where I thought the episode was going to go at first, was that, you know, because it means so much, yeah. like, and, and it would be great if we can all do that. But then the more I got like, messages like that, the more I was like, no, actually, it's so much more, isn't it? It's It's taking the time to, like, look at someone else and... Yeah. See if they need to pick up and like why why are we focusing on children? Actually, half yeah. the time it's it's yeah. the adults that are fucking having a nervous breakdown. Horse, horse owners are just kids that never grew out of their pe- uh, you know, we never grew yeah. out of our pony phase. And we're still here decades later trying to make this shit work for us. And yeah. if you can do or say something that could just make that shit go away for a couple of minutes, why would you not want to? It would like, just be honestly. Wonderful. It gave me like just such a like 
warm feeling and yeah. like it made me think yeah like I I probably everyone needs to try harder don't they? and do that yeah like, it is yeah I think as well it is hard because I think you know you you're in your own head often and you probably yeah. you know don't recognize what's going on but yeah I just I just thought it was absolutely amazing um, oh, and then I another that. I love that story I love it another couple that I got which was from sort of a different angle um, one was from Greer Smith and um, she said although I grew up on a farm I had a very non-horsey family a neighbour had trotting horses and before I was allowed a pony of my own I would go every night after school to help muck out and groom the horses Jimmy taught me so much and when I was allowed to get a pony of my own age 12 he came to check it was suitable and was there if I ever needed help or advice Aww. such fond memories Aww. and this one is the same sort of ilk and it's just that like it's someone taking the time yeah. to give you a little bit of their knowledge like yeah. which costs them nothing but actually potentially saves you from having like a massive like financial or yeah you know 100 this one i'm not gonna lie i, I, I read it and i was mildly traumatized um <laughs> this is from cindy Pierpan, and she said when i was 10 or 11 my father told me that he had bought a new horse to be his elk hunting horse she was a 12-year-old quarter horse Arab cross, and I thought, 12, she'll be half dead. I was so disappointed we were not getting a young Arabian stallion of my dreams. When she came off the horse float, she looked close, more closely related to fire-breathing dragons than horses, and it was my <laughs> job to keep her in shape for the two weeks of the year that he would take her hunting. She was too much horse for 11-year-old me, and I struggled. She was the first horse that threw me, and throwing me off became a feature of our first year together but she was polite and would wait for me to get back on. I don't know if I'd fucking class that as polite, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. The bar's low here, isn't it? Um, our farrier one day gave me a bit. He explained that it was a harsh bit and that even though I was small, it could hurt her, but I must be very careful with it. He went on to clearly describe how I should use it and that the purpose was to, ve to develop a way for us to listen to each other and that once I felt I no longer needed it, I should go back to softer bits. Yep. His advice and that one tool did so much for my confidence and ability to turn an abject yep. failure into a success. And his lesson in the operational meaning of soft hands has stayed with me to this day. Oh, oh wow. I Value really, really... Well. I know. You ben, saw who knew ben, it. Ben better off his game. Oh, shit. Him. Honestly. Give a bit of advice to his... Uh, to your... <laughs> Don't buy anymore is his bit of advice. Um. Yeah, I just I thought that was kind of a different take on it, wasn't it? it was it was just someone like they don't they didn't need to help. I mean, a dad no. maybe could have helped by not fucking putting her on an elk hunter. That... Elk, elk hunting horse. <laughs> I can imagine happened. it's quite a specific kind of horse though, because my 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 horses shit themselves if they see a deer, like a monk jack. They're like, oh, yeah. so like I don't think they're ever going to become elk hunting horses. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, Manny shits himself when he sees a blue flower, so I, I don't think oh, I've got any yeah, chance of him. Was... But yeah, um, so I, I think that was an, it was a nice little feel-good episode. Lovely. And also, it's I just think... And isn't it lovely, like, all those things, that on the, in the grand scheme of it, they're all quite little. Yes. All, do you know yeah. what I mean? They, were, it, it, they didn't cost anyone a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? It was all quite a little thing, and yet they'll have made such... Like, my one made such a massive difference to me. So... Yeah, I mean, it ruined your life, basically, didn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> that maybe, maybe I should be think so about your financial. Yeah, I think to be honest, it was they fucked me over, didn't they? <laughs> they did. Yeah. 
thanks for that. <laughs> with, with, I didn't with thought the best it that way. I thought it was a nice thing to do, but now, <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, bastard. Yeah. Absolute bastard. I bet your husband's thinking. Done. If he could go, if he could hunt that person down, your husband would. Oh my god, yeah. Jesus. Make a voodoo also, doll of him. If any of our customers listen to this, you needn't be thinking Ben's going to be handing out bits willy-nilly because he's not. <laughs> I know you've got a lot of bits, though. You'd be wanting to get rid of them. You'd uh, make some room. Then you get more. I've just bought a new bit, actually. Oh, I knew that was coming. I did. <laughs> Honestly, I, don't, I didn't even really need it, but it just sounded no, such an interesting again, bit. Why would I be surprised at that? <laughs> it sounded so interesting. And I was like, I think I need one of those in my life. Um, someone's going to have to wear it whether they like it or not they're going to have yeah, to wear it don't, I don't care if you've got like a bag of shit in it I've got a yeah. new bit I'm going to try it exactly right is your wanker of the week the one that you sent me please yeah. it is oh my god thank god I'm so excited I need to talk about this other, other things have happened but I knew that you wanted me to keep it I, so I yes because the store like I, I have an add on to it so yes go for it okay it's wank of the week time so I'm about 300 years old and I discovered something the other day and I was so ashamed that, about this thing that I immediately voice noted Katie and told her <laughs> and we just died laughing at my own stupidity. So, you know, it's actually nothing to do with horses either. Yeah, I can be a complete wanker in all aspects of my life. People would have thought it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, when you like have a free parking space and there'll be like a parking space in town and you can park for free for like two hours and then it says free parking two hours and then underneath it says no return within one hour i discovered that i've actually been reading that sign wrong so i thought that you could park <laughs> for two hours but you weren't allowed back to your car <laughs> and to drive <laughs> For the first hour, there was no return for one hour. You got two free car parks, but no return. I took it as being no return to your car in one hour. So now the really bad thing about this is, well, the thing is, I've been in town before now and I've looked at my phone or whatever and gone, oh, I've only been 45 minutes. I have to go for coffee because I can't, I can't go and move my car yet. I have to fit my hour. I thought you couldn't return to your car. I like now. your husband ringing you and being like, I need you to come home. Like, there's been an accident. You're like, no, nah, I can't. Hang on. 12 minutes. Now, like, I thought about it. I thought, like, when I told, I told my, one of my friends as well, I said, I can't believe I've done this all these years. And she just died laughing. And she said, How do you think they policed it? Like, how did they know that you hadn't gone back in an hour? I don't know. I just thought that. And she was like, she was just, she lost it. She, just, she said, Carla, for like a functioning adult human, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. She wanted me to send it, because I think Radio 1, um, Greg James does a thing called the Fact Controller, where you can write in about stupid things that you believe. And she went, you should send that in. I said, no, that's going, it's going on the podcast. I'm, if I'm going to make exactly. myself look a fool, I want, it to, I want it to go to our regular listeners. I can't, on, why can't I, they make the sign a little bit clearer? Free parking for two hours, oh. but you can drive so any time you want. I have a confession, okay? I, I laughed know. at you. I laughed at you 
And I told Ben the story, hysterically laughing. And Ben said, Katie, do you know what it means? And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> to be honest with you, I've, I've always wondered myself. <laughs> so you didn't know either. I didn't know. I read it the same way that you read it, but thought, well, how will they know if I come back for my car? Oh, so you were willing to be a you were willing to break the law. I broke the law. You've broken but the law. thought exactly the same. Thought the same as you. Oh my god. So, yeah. See, I knew it. I knew it. But I thought you were like I laughed at you because I thought it was absolute insanity. You would be desperate to get back in your car and want to go somewhere and wouldn't. I'd get caught by the police or something. Like they'd like arrest me. How dare I'd, you I'd your own jail car. and they'd be like, I'd end up like <laughs> with my porridge and they'd be like, what, what, what was your crime? And I'd be like, I went back to my car. Because <laughs> that, that's where my luck goes. I would have got arrested for it. So I thought, no, when I'm uptown, I've only been 45 minutes. I'll go and have a coffee before I go back to my car. But I do know what it means now. So if any of you else, yes. anyone else is always wondering what it means, it means... You can park there for two hours, but you can't go back to that car parking space or that area within an hour after pulling off. And when he told it made, Make did it like do the same as me? I was like, oh my God, that makes sense. And he was like, like yes. <laughs> that was like, it. Yeah, it makes sense. Much more it, sense I, than not being yes. allowed back to your car for an hour. <laughs> like, yeah. This, this came up in conversation because Ben was already laughing at me because um, Carla, other Carla, has just had a baby, gorgeous baby Max. Um, so I went to see him and I get lost every time I go. And every time I go, the sat-nav takes me a different way. I've been five different ways and it makes me really stressed. So anyway, it was bringing me home and it told me to go, oh, I'm, look, I'm blaming the sat-nav. It told me, one, that I had to follow this road number and then it said, First exit, but it wasn't the first exit, it was the second exit, and that threw me, and then I lost my trust in it, and it was all... So anyway, I told Ben while, like, wailing about it, and I said, and it kept doing, like, 250, 150, and then I was past it, and he said, that shows that you drive too fast. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And he said, do you know how much 250 yards is? And I said, not a clue. No, I don't. And he said, well, the length of our lorry... Is I think it's 40 foot, 45 foot, our lorry. Right. So he said, so if it's 250, it's five of our lorries. So that's very, very close. So you have to slow right down at 250 yards. Right. He said at 150 yards, you're basically turning. That helped. I was like, Ben. He's a, he's a, he's a clever boy, isn't he? He's Ben. He's, re he's really practical. And then he yeah. said, well, look, you know on the motorway signs when it has three lines? Yeah. And I looked at him and he said, you have notes that's got three lines. And I said, where? On the road? And he was like, how the fuck do you not drive the no. car? But now no. I can be a big smug. I knew about them ones. I, I didn't even know they were there. On when you go past number three. No one's told me about those. You must have seen them. Never seen them. What the fuck are you looking Never. at when you're driving? Road? I mean, so I, I said to him, how do you know these things, Ben? 
Is this I'm a spy? <laughs> it fucking is. Of course. Oh, he is, isn't he? Of course, that's how he knows it. He learned all in spy school. It makes perfect sense yeah. now. I feel like I'm having a bit of a revelation in this podcast. But you were doing I learned so week. much. Exactly. It's every day's a school day. I'll tell you something. Yeah. I am learning so much. You're learning a lot. You learn about my nips. And I'm learning <laughs> all sorts. First all one's sorts. okay. Second one's a pinch. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of them were okay. Let's be quite straight. Um, but Ben is a spy. Does Ben listen to the podcast? He does. He's a, he's a very good spy. Honestly. But, like, do you know, I, I wish someone should start a podcast, not me, but someone of things like that that you don't know. Because Ben, I've learned loads. And he was like, it worries me how you manage life. But, like, there must be other people like them. If you don't know it, you don't know it, do you? Exactly. It's like when Isaac, Isaac, um, he joined a club after school when he was younger. We didn't have a fucking clue where he was. He kept saying, he goes, don't forget, I've got ceramics tonight. Like, what the fuck is Ceramix? Like me and Sam, what the fuck's Ceramix? We didn't have a clue. But he was going to this club, Ceramix, Ceramix. At the end of the club, he bought him a load of pottery, Ceramics. He'd only ever seen it written, he'd only ever seen it written down. So he called it Ceramix. That's cute. Will it always be Ceramix to you now? Oh yeah, it's always going to be Ceramix now. Never, That's never like Ben keeps telling me off because I call Spotty the Lizard's house a conclosure. Because you're thinking um, what it's called. Yeah. Um, so my, my wanker of the week is um, I decided that I wasn't going to tell my mum about my broken hand. I stopped telling her about my fault because she said that's enough now with riding and you're going to get seriously hurt and don't you think you should grow up and you know all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. All that shit. Yeah, so I just don't tell her. So yeah. um, that was all going well. I happened to see my granny at all. It was all fine. I posted that picture, didn't think anything of it. I was oh, just no. trying to be good because I read about the social media thing. So I, I was going to try and do more. And then a few people commented about my broken hand. Oh, no. It, it didn't second cross my mind that my mum would look at it. That It didn't even no. cross my mind like just anyway she tried to ring me and I didn't answer the, the phone I hardly ever answer the phone um so she rang Ben at work Ben answered because they like to talk about houses all the time because they're boring um and she, she said uh, and he was like yeah good and she said um everything okay with her and he was like yeah yeah good or oh, everything's good she said recently has and he was like yeah she maybe has had a fall she said <laughs> But she's okay. And he was like, yeah, yeah, she's fine. fine." And he said, she said, so she wouldn't have broken her hand, would she? And he was like, well, well, yeah, she did break her hand. Um, I'm sorry, everyone, Trevor's come in. Oh, not Trevor again. He's got another cold. Um, Yeah, so poor Ben had that. And so then she was like, why would she not tell me? He was telling her. Right. But to be fair, um, spy school, he probably used to be interrogated. See, spy school prepared him for that. Um, Instead of learning about like, I, how long a turning is, like the horse yeah. box. I'm a bit confused by that, if I'm honest. 
he should have paid more attention <laughs> in the interrogation class and then he wouldn't have yeah quite he let me down to be honest yeah exactly so that you didn't really that see that the one who bunked off wasn't it the interrogation class yeah you didn't go to that one it's his own fault yeah let me down you yeah. can't rely on a spy all the time well um, yeah i mean spies have their off days he did ring me though immediately and say your mum knows so she's going to ring you and try and trick you like she did me <laughs> <laughs> and so i like just kept making loads of conversation with her about the boys and I felt like she couldn't change and then at the end she just said so we're not going to cover the broken hand are we I was like (laughs) fuck I said oh yeah it was a shame you found out wasn't it and she said um why did you not tell me I said I've really not told you about a lot of quite serious falls I've had and I think she just went I don't fucking want to know and she just went okay bye Oh, bless. Oh, bless. Mm-hmm. Maybe honesty is the best policy in the future. Don't, don't put Ben. Now that you know that he failed interrogation class. Um, so we forgot to do um, a wanker of the week last week. Um, but one from Rider Mindset Coaching. And she said, funny pony story. So me and my best mate used to ride our ponies in our early teens and have this stupid game of holding branches back until the last minute and twanging them so the person on the pony behind that sounds like a brilliant game I'd be down for that Alec, we are so different writing is fucking hard enough I can't stay on them without brand yeah like if you were the person in front that would be brand. funny as fuck smacking your mate oh yeah I'm all about being the I person I don't want to take the smack to the face if I'm honest no. but smacking your mate behind with a branch that'd be funny <laughs> um <laughs> We did this so much so that I had some really nasty scratches at my arm. The next week at school, I got summoned into the head of year's office to have a chat about self-harming. <laughs> Try explaining. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't self-harm. We just twang each other on... We just twang each other with branches. <laughs> on ponies. Oh, my God. So, if you're bored, good game to try. I'd be up for that. I'd be, I'd be up for a bit of branch twanging. I mean, to be fair, you've got your nipples pierced. You're game for anything. Yeah, just like take take the pain. I'd be like, yeah, yeah go on, twang me with a branch. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. But I if mean, I end up in hospital, don't take my nipple rings out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That I do think it's funny though, the fact that she got pulled up in front of the headmaster or whatever. Are you self-harming? Can you imagine that deep conversation they had that? Yeah. No, we've just been twanging each other with branches. To be like, fair though, I bet they were so relieved. I bet they were thinking, oh, this is gonna be like a me. Oh, she's just a lunatic horse rider. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We don't need to get social service involved or anything like that, or a counsellor. Yeah. Just maybe, just hope that she gets a better hobby, that she grows out of it. Yeah. And then there's me wanting to do it. Actually, it reminds me of the time um, I had to go into school and I fell down a manhole just before I went in. And I was late for English class. And the, the teacher was like, why are you late? And I said, I fell down a manhole. And he, would just, he just went, sit down. And then he was like, I am going to have to ask a bit more about that. <laughs> what, what the hell? <laughs> I feel like that's a little bit like that. He'll be like, you know, you see you've got all these like scratches up your arms. And she's like, yeah, yeah. We, we just twang each other with branches. And he's like, so, sorry? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do I want to know more about this or not? Do I, do I really want to know? That's that, that sort of thing, isn't it? 
I remember once yeah. I was in a supermarket and um, I saw a woman with, um, she was dressed like in jumpers and stuff. She was obviously horsey and she had a child with her. And you know when like um, the tills shut and they pull like that, that wire across? Yeah. They pull that thing across. And so she was on the other side and she said to her kids, just come through, come through. And she went, I can't. Is it electrified? And like, everyone else was pretty horrified. <laughs> like, what did she do with that child? But then and I, I started laughing because I knew that obviously it was like, it looked yeah. like electric fencing to this kid. It obviously touched That's her. amazing. Like, what did she do with the child that they're worried that something's electrified? <laughs> <laughs> only horsey children yeah that was, I, as I heard I was like, that was such a horse thing and I started laughing oh right well I think this is our most eclectic episode ever fucking the weirdest one we've ever done and I mean that makes I'm doing but I I am prepared to hang my hat on I think I, I'm with you I think it's because I'm overexcited about going <laughs> to see Harry Styles if all, if the truth be told, you you were you were on yeah. to a loop. Fair enough. Trying to keep me on the straight and narrow and talk about horses <laughs> when I'm going to go and see my next husband in about forty eight hours. I can't wait for the videos though. I don't. I, I'll probably be crying in them all. I started getting emotional. Yeah. I watched I watched some stuff on the iPlayer, and I text my friend that we're going with. There's me, my best friend Kia, and then um, a lad called Steve, gay lad called Steve that works in the back office the trio that nobody knew existed and now they can't get enough of everyone at work keeps asking about it anyway um i think we might get a sitcom out of it because we're staying over at airbnb anyway um yes i was watching harry styles on the iplayer from when he did the radio one big weekend i got all emotional i messaged my friend key and i was like what am i going to do when i'm like looking and actual harry styles is going to be on the stage i don't think i'm going to be able to cope I don't think I'm going to. I don't I, think, I think there's an electric fence to stop you from on stage. If I was Harry, I think I'd. Well, look, the thing I'd be very scared got, right about now. Like Vince, I respect electric fencing. I think you'd be over it, under it, through it. <laughs> there's going to. No security guard's going to stop me. Um, no, I'm a very, very I'm determined person when I want to be. And, um, you know, if it comes to groping him, I'll. I'll if I have to be arrested, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, yeah. all all that good fortune where I didn't go back to my car in the first hour, the illegal hour, it's got to come in somewhere, yeah. isn't it? So I'll say yeah. to them, if they arrest me for, like, trying to molest Harry Styles, like, if I attack him, which is an option, you know, probably will happen, and they'll say, like, yeah. you know, we're going to arrest Friendly you, lick. I'll probably lick him, yeah. I've got a massive tongue as well. <laughs> anyway, he's going to get a thorough licking. He's going to get a proper <laughs> thorough licking. When the police arrest me and they say, "Why did you do that?" I'll go look. All them years when I didn't go back in that first illegal hour, you can just let me off this. I've been a good girl, governor. Or That's the thing. I mean, everyone's allowed one moment of weakness, aren't they? And if yours is Harry Styles like a Labrador, then so be it. Exactly. It's all content. Who can argue? Who can argue? I think, like. I think Harry probably this episode is just getting longer and longer. No, I think he'd be good about it. And maybe if not, tell him to listen to this podcast and tell him that this is the moment where he can do something that you will remember forever and allow himself to be licked. Yes. Yeah. It would be special. You'd still be talking about that in 20 years. It would be incredibly special. Yeah, that's that's what I think. I mean... I I feel like I might need counselling after this podcast episode. It's been so (laughs) random. (laughs) The fucking listeners are going to need it. You know, it's, it's like one of them fucking bizarre dreams and you wake up. It and is. Like, God, I'm awake. But I'm, I'm, not, like, I'm not dreaming. 
because this is our brains, right? So we're kind of semi-used to this, but people listening, do you think they're going to listen and go, what, what, what that they're listen to the podcast for the this? first time and they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's, it's, it's been an emotional journey. It has, yeah. One or the I other, I'm not sure. covered some ground, haven't we? We've yeah, covered, we covered some ground. We have talked about horses at some stage, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. There was, there was moments that we touched on it. Oh, well, it's been a delight. I've enjoyed it, if nothing else. Yeah, me too. We hope that you've all enjoyed it as much as we have, that you've followed our bouncing ball train of thought. And well, I will tell you all about Licking Harry Styles on the next episode. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time.